Hey, this is Adam Bergman. On today's AdBits, I want to discuss Iris Form 5500 Easy, which all solo 401k plans with more than $250,000 must file. So Iris Form 5500 Easy is only for solo 401ks with more than $250,000 in asset value as of 1231. It does not relay or involve IRAs. It does not involve 401ks with employees. It is solely for solo 401ks, which means a 401k that has owner only and no employees other than the owners or the spouses of the owners. So in order to be eligible for a solo 401k, it has to be a business, it could be a sole proprietorship, corporation, LLC, partnership, and there cannot be any employees that are not owners or not spouses of owners. And full-time means 1,000 hours or 500 hours, two out of three years. So the SECURE Act, which was passed the end of 2019, expanded the definition of a full-time employee from just 1,000 hours to 500 hours, uh, two, two years. So that's something to keep in mind. That's a new change um, for whether you have to offer benefits to employees and what the definition of a full-time employee is. The SECURE Act um, changed all that and basically um, increased the uh, definition to 500 hours um, in, in multiple years. So keep that in mind. But the solo 401k, it's a great plan, obviously. It's a plan I'm, I would put every one of my clients in if I could, um, just not everyone satisfies the eligibility definition. Um, the beauty of the solo case, you can put away a whole lot of money, 57,000, 63,500 if you're over 50. Um, there's employee deferrals, profit sharing, and um, there's also all kinds of other features like a $50,000 loan feature. One of the great features of the solo K is it's easy to administer. Okay, so unlike a 401k that's subject to ERISA, meaning it has full, you have full-time employees, with a solo 401k, you don't have to file anything if you have less than $250,000 in your plan. Zero, zip, no IRS filings. And if you have more than $250,000 in your plan as a 1231, you have to file this very, very simple form called a 5500EZ. It has to be filed by paper. You cannot file electronically. And trust me, it's super easy. And I'm gonna go through it right now in like five or 10 minutes, and we'll go through each section, and you'll see you literally can complete this form in five minutes. If you're a client of IRA Financial, we'll help you do this, but it cannot be filed electronically if you use the EZ. If you want to file electronically and you have a solo K, you can do a regular 5500SF short form, which is a little more complicated, but it could be filed electronically. So just some tips um, when you're thinking about the 5500EZ. Um, when it says $250,000, it's asset and cash value. Okay, and asset value includes liability. So if you buy a house for $100,000, and then borrow $500,000, so you buy the house for 600,000, even though the net amount of 100 is used from your retirement account, the value of the house is over the 250, right? Just like if you own a house, 
and someone says, hey Adam, how much is your house worth? You don't say, well, I put down 20,000 bucks and borrowed 80. No, you say the house is worth 100. So the IRS wants to know fair market value. So here are some tips. Um, you have to mail it in to the IRS, Ogden, Utah, uh, 84201-0020. That's on the former instructions. Um, it has to be done before July 31. You can file an extension. It's a good idea um, to get certified copy receipt, uh, or you can send it, obviously, like Priority or FedEx. Um, and there's different addresses if you do private delivery versus FedEx. Um, also, there's big penalties. Uh, up to, it can be up to $25,000 uh, if, if you fail to file. Even though this is not a tax return, it's just an information return, super steep penalties. So just file it. And if you're close, if you have like 240 or 245, just file it. Uh, it takes you literally five minutes. Just file the form. Uh, better be safe uh, than sorry. So let's start at um, the first part, um, basic part one information, um, basic stuff, okay? Um, you will put in your calendar year. Most people have a 1231 calendar year. Part 1A is it's the first return you're filed. Are you amending it or is it your final? Final means you're closing the plan. Um, if filed an extension on time, you, you check the box. Uh, foreign plans, not really relevant. Uh, and if this return is for an IRS late filing penalty relief, that means if you're entering a penalty relief program because you forgot to file this form, you would check the box. But for most of us, you just either indicate if it's a first return or a last return. Um, and then you start with your basic plan, like the name of your plan, which is in your adoption agreement or plan summary. The three-digit plan number is almost always 001, unless it's some type of um, amended plan. It could be 002. Um, date when the plan is effective, generally 1-1. Uh, employer's name, you got to know your business name. That's probably not too difficult. Um, if you use a DBA, you would put that there. You put your EIN. So if you are a sole proprietor and you do not have an EIN, an employer identification number, you need to get one. You cannot put a social security number in there. So just remember that you may need to get an EIN if you're a sole proprietor. What's a sole proprietor? It's a business you operate in your name, you know, Adam Bergman Consulting. So you know, then you put your address, you put your phone number, and then there's a business code, which if you look at the instructions on the 5500EZ, you just gotta find your business and just put a code in. And there's thousands of codes, you know, whether you're a consulting company, a real estate company, a doctor, a lawyer, a manufacturing software company, you just find the right code just for the IRS to keep track of what you do. So uh, 3A of, section, of part two, plan administrator's name, which is generally the name of your business. So if your business name is ABC Inc., the plan administrator names is ABC Inc. Generally, you won't put an individual in there. If you are an individual, meaning Adam Bergman Consulting Business, you can put Adam Bergman as a plan administrator, but you need to put the EIN for the business. Okay, you got to get the EIN. You can't put my social. So just remember, they don't want socials. They want EINs. If you're a sole proprietor, you can put your name as a plan administrator, but you need to get yourself an EIN for your business just like you would on uh, part 2B. Okay, then you put your address, um, and then it asks if you've changed your business name, you would indicate it. Um, you put your, your plan name there um, if, if things have changed, and that's part four. If nothing's changed, you can skip part four. Part five asks the number of participants. Um, so you put like one or two, if it's you or a spouse or you're a business partner. 
Um, then total number of active participants in the beginning of the year, which would you know, be either one or two, depending on who's in the plan, and then at the end of the year. And they wanna know if, if someone dropped out or, or what happened. Um, and, and then you would just uh, continue on. And that's section 5A and B, just asking who's in the plan. Um, and they wanna know and see if any participants terminate employment during the year, um, you, you would indicate it. But basically pretty simple. Uh, number of participants in the beginning of the year and uh, active participants at the end of the year. Okay. Part three uh, starts getting fun. That's when you have to start putting in the financial information of your plan assets. They don't want what they don't want the investments. They're not looking for a breakdown of the investments. All they're asking for is the plan value. Okay. So 6A total plan assets beginning of the year, end of year. Okay. So it's just a fair market value of all cash and assets like real estate, what's it worth? Not what you paid for it, what is it worth on that day, on 1231? So um, you, you need to kind of get an idea. Um, I don't think you need a formal appraisal. You can use tax records or try to get an independent uh, source for the value, but you want to file it. Again, it's not a tax return. You're not paying tax based off the value. Um, you would maybe if you're taking required minimum distributions, but for purposes of the 5500EZ, the IRS wants to know value, so you're going to want to uh, include the value, rollovers, any unrealized gains, appreciation, depreciation, you know, cash. Do not put contributions. So this people make a mistake here. Part six, part three, section six a one. Do not put contributions. Okay, that's going to come in section seven. Just put the value. Okay, assets, cash, rollovers, th uh, things like that. Okay. Um, so that's part six and that's super important because there you, you definitely want to show that you're over the, the 250 and they're asking beginning of the year one, one, and then end the year 1231 plan liabilities is not the formal K loan you take out. That's if you got a loan to buy real estate, for example. So if you, if your total plan assets are $10,000 in cash and a home that you bought with a hundred thousand dollars of cash and a hundred thousand dollars of debt, let's say the value hasn't changed, you would put in there 210,000 to 10,000 of cash, $100,000 of cash you put in, the 110 plus the liability. So the 210 and then 6B, you would minus the liability, take that liability out, you'd include it. And then the net would be the difference between A and B. So that's how the IRS kind of sees the total value and that you're like your net net amount. So liabilities is included in A and you got included in B and then you'll minus it to get the net amount. Part three is contributions. That's what you put in. Okay, that's not rollovers. Uh, we'll see you put rollovers from the current year. Um, but 7A and B, they want to know your employer profit sharing contributions and the employee deferrals. Um, this shouldn't be too complicated because generally there's only one or two people in the plan. So you just got to add them up. They don't actually ask you to break it down per participant. They just want totals. Okay, and it's just, again, the, a way for the IRS to keep track of, of kind of what's going on with your plan. So that's uh, in seven, um, part three, Co employers, profit sharing, that's at 20, 25%. Employee deferrals is that zero to 19,500 uh, in 2020 or the 26,000. Those numbers were, were less in, in 19. So you didn't include that. C plan characteristics, this is where you, you have to find certain codes that are relevant uh, to your plan. The most popular codes that our clients generally use are the following. It's generally 2E, 
as in Eric, two J's in Jason, three B as in boy, three D as in David, and you can use two R if it's a brokerage account. There's also a specific code if you are part of a control group, meaning you have two or more businesses you own more than 80% of, and you have one plan for those two businesses, you would include a control group code, uh, which you can find in the instructions. If you can't, you know, you can let us know and we'll help you find that code. But that's only if you're using a control group um, where you own more than 80% of two businesses or more and you're combining the businesses with one plan. Part five, just ask some basic stuff. Like if you have a loan, you'd click yes and then you'd enter the amount as of the end of the year. So whatever's left on that loan. And then the rest, believe it or not, question 10 doesn't apply because it's for defined benefit plans. Um, question 11 doesn't apply because you don't have minimum funding on a defined contribution plan. Uh, and guess what? Then you're done. You simply sign it, you date it, you put your name, print it, and you mail it. And, and wouldn't that be great if we had to could do this for all our forms, including our tax return? So when they say 5,500 easy, um, it really is easy. It's super simple. Um, and there's no reason that people are not filing it. It should be something um, that literally takes you five minutes. Mail it, do not file it so it allows more people to do it. That's why they've given the paper um, option because they know a lot of small businesses don't want to pay for a, an accountant or administrator to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a uh, really good um, document, really simple to work with, um, great instructions. We have some really good instructions. I've done a bunch of videos on it. So there should be no excuse. The, the part people get confused about are section six and seven. And remember section seven is for contributions and, and you know, you'd have to include seven C current rollovers and six is more about your assets, not the contributions, but the plan assets. So how many times do these easies get audited, right? Isn't that interesting? So the IRS hasn't given us info on 19 yet. Why? Because Why? we haven't filed it yet, but they've given us on 18. And I'll just kind of give you some numbers right now. So 5,500, um, they've audited a total of 2,500, 5,500s in the whole country. Okay. Um, out of the EZs, only 340 were audited. And out of the 340, about 260 were defined contribution, meaning non-defined benefit. So what does that mean? That means only 260, 5,500 EZs were audited for the 2018 tax quarter. In the whole United States, only 260, 5,500 EZ plans were filed. Um, they don't indicate how many uh, were received. Um, so um, it's tiny, right? You, you would assume, um, there's probably for solo 401ks, there's probably you know, several hundred thousand, if not more, probably 500,000 plus, uh, maybe close to a million and only 260 were audited. So um, they're not really focused on auditing and getting small business in trouble, but file it. If you do not file this, you can be in trouble. There's high, high, high penalties. Okay. So don't miss up. One thing I just want to correct, um, the new SECURE Act, I just went back and checked. So um, this was passed in December 2019. The old rule was full-time employee, 1,000 hours. The SECURE Act changed that and basically said, or it's three consecutive years where the employee completes at least 500 hours. Okay, so it's 1,000 hours in one year or three consecutive years where the employee completes at least 500 hours. 
So even if you have someone working less than a thousand hours, like a part-time employee, um, you know, college student, if they work three consecutive years of 500 hours or more, they become a full-time employee for purposes of 401k. Not necessarily health, but for 401k purposes. And then you'd have to offer them benefits. And at that point, you may not be in the solo 401k world. You could be in the ERISA world uh, where you would not file the short, the easy 5,500, but you'd have to file a short form and get new plans and have ERISA testing. So just be cautious of that. The SECURE Act just came into law this year, January 2020. And with COVID going on, obviously everyone's kind of been focused on other areas. So just be cautious. Just to confirm a little bit of a short summary, file this by paper. Um, if you're close, 230, 240K in assets as a 1231, file it. Uh, it's not worth the uh, penalties, which the SECURE Act actually increased. Um, so don't mess around. Uh, it's really not worth it. Um, it's, it's really... The new, so the old law, just so you know, I don't want to scare people, but I will just kind of throw this out there. The old law was $25 a day, $15,000 maximum. Okay. So it's crazy. The new law, $250 per day, up to a maximum of $150,000. So you got to file this thing. Okay. And I'm going to just say that again. If you don't file it and you are subject to filing and you kind of just never file it for many, 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 many days, weeks, um, you can go up to $150,000 in penalties. Okay. Previously it was $25 a day, 15K. So 10 times the amount. So the IRS is really serious about this. If you screw up, you can enter into a voluntary program and, and reduce it. But if the IRS audits you before you come to them clean and enter this voluntary compliance program, they can go up to that 150K in penalty. So, so there's no reason to hide from the IRS. If you're close, file it. You can always file an extension. Just file it. If you're confused, um, even if the form's wrong, it's still filed. They may come back and say, clarify this, but just file the form. Okay, that's if I'm going to get things. One thing across in this ad bits, file 5,500 easy if you have a solo form K and you have close to 250,000. Um, that's all I have to say. Um, the form's super easy. There's great instructions on our website and the IRS website. IRA Financial Clients, we're here to help, so don't hesitate. Do July 31, July 31, July 31. Just want to keep saying that. Just no reason not to file. Okay, so I hope you found the ad bits helpful. Please file the 5500EZ. I hope all my clients file it. I hope all my clients have more than $250,000 at some point in their retirement plan. So it's a good thing to file. I always say it is a good thing. It's a, um, you know, a reward to have $250,000. You have to file this like one and a half page form that should take no more than five minutes to complete. So no excuses. You don't have to use any complicated software. You don't have to hire an accountant. You don't have to call, hire an actuary, a third-party administrator. You can do it yourself. We're here to help. No reason not to file this thing. So AdBits, please subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. Give us a like. Um, really appreciate the support. Thanks for listening, and uh, I will talk to you guys again soon. Thanks. Stay safe.